You've seen the big plays. Jaron stepping to his right, looking, looking, stopping, firing, end zone, touchdown! You've heard what the playmakers and coaches have had to say. Up for a three, got it! But now it's time to go behind the mic with BYU Sports Broadcasters to get their distinctive take on the games. Oh, what an aggressive play! This is Behind the Mic with host Cleon Wall. We're here to bring you unique insights and stories from the BYU sports broadcasters who cover the Cougars and from the Cougars themselves. This week, a producer's roundtable with Brandon Crow, Dave Phillips Jr., and Ben Bagley. Our topic, BYU football now that spring practice has concluded. And I treated it like the old TV show Match Game, where I gave our contestants, or should I say guests, a sentence with a blank and asked them to fill in the blank. I should have told Brandon and the guys that I wanted them to elaborate on their answers. Uh, My biggest takeaway from BYU football spring camp was blank. Mm, Tough. Uh, There's a lot of room to to improve. That's my biggest takeaway. That's your biggest takeaway? Yeah. One sentence. His biggest takeaway is there's a lot of room to improve. If we're going match game, that's the way it's supposed to be. I want (laughs) more. I want more than that, though. I need you to. I need you to elaborate. I said it's like the match game. I didn't say it's exactly like match game. Well, it's a very exciting time. You got Keaton Slovis, and you got a bunch of moving parts coming in, and and uh, trying to see how the offense evolves and revolves around that, and uh, trying to replace uh, you know guys like Puka Nakua, and and just seeing the different people trying to step up. That that's that's the room for improvement I'm talking about. Uh, there's no real gaping shocking holes to me it's just cool it's great uh they didn't look terrible they didn't look fantastic in my eyes but it's just a lot of room to improve okay junior i think my biggest takeaway is going to be changes from from year to year i think as they go into the big 12 new requirements the way that things are changing where they're going to be limited on scholarship players once they make a scholarship it's done until that person leaves school. So when you give out a scholarship, it is for people that you are believing in for four to five years. Um, and so there's going to be some changes with with people leaving the program and also the transfer portal. I don't know that I have stats on this, but it feels like they're getting more and more and more transfer portal kids this year as they go in. It's been a massive focus. They've signed a lot recently. And so I'm excited to see the changes. And one of the big changes is switching to a 4-3 defense, completely switching their defense. Um, and the way they use their down linemen is a big change that I'm excited for. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, thank you. I'd love to. Uh, the, the, my biggest takeaway is the knowledge. They're, they're not shy about saying, that. hey, we've got a monumental task in front of us. And one thing that really showed that to me and showed out to me about this is how many times they went live, full physical, full hitting, including QBs, not Keaton Slovis, that, uh, in, in practice and scrimmage. And they weren't shy about it. Even In fact, the last practice, uh, Jay Hill talked about it. Kalani said, yeah, Jay and myself and A-Rod were all on the same page. This team needs to be more physically ready for the Big 12. So we went more physical than we normally would in spring practice. They're not hiding the fact that this is going to be a tough season, a tough transition, but they're getting ready for it starting in spring ball. I would say my biggest takeaway is the fact that all the eyes are on the defense. At least that's what it feels like to me. I think I think that the eyes are on Keaton Slovis, new quarterback, how's he going to do, and also what's this defense going to do, um, uh, do for this Cougar football team in the fall. All right, here's the uh, second question. 
the blank unit intrigued me the most during spring football. Uh, Junior, we'll start with you. Um, I would have to say linebackers. I think that that was something that they came in. They they have two established with Max Tooley and Ben Bywater. But Ace Kafusi coming up, and they're getting a lot stronger at linebacker. I also know that they're shopping and looking for more. But that was a position where, in the past, they have had a ton of strength last year. They had a lot of injuries and stuff. And so I, I was most intrigued to see the people that were stepping up in those places with Ben and Max out most of spring. All right, what about you, Ben? Mine's going to be a little weird here because I'm going to go off the board. I think every position group kind of intrigues you, especially making this, but I'm going to go with special teams and kickers especially. You're replacing Jake Oldroyd, who was hot and cold throughout his career, but when he was on, he was on. The kickers, frankly, didn't look good when you got to watch them in practice. They struggled. And I think Kalani, Kalani was at, it was actually bad enough the last practice that Kalani was asked about it by the media. And he's like, oh, no, it's okay. They're all good. They're good. We just saw a bad pot spot. But it seems like every time we saw the kickers, there was some struggling there, which normally I don't like to go kickers and special teams and stuff like this. But you're gonna one game's going to come down to a made kick or a made or missed kick at some point this year. You need to win every game you can to become bowl eligible in this first year of the Big 12. You can't have a kicker cost you a game. So either these kickers have got to improve or they got to find someone who's ready to go. Okay. Brandon. Well, since Ben stole my thunder there, I was going <laughs> to try and go with that as well. But, but you could go with it also. Yeah, I'll I'll shift a little bit. I just want I I would probably say uh the depth overall is those interchanging parts. Uh you know, you heard coach uh, Sataki talk about that last week as well. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see the, the role players that step up in those in those positions where if somebody does get nicked up or banged up, who's going to come up off the bench and who's going to be trustworthy enough for these coaches to be able to be comfortable enough to put them out there and not have to worry too much. The unit that intrigued me the most was the wide receivers. I guess maybe I'm an offensive guy. I think you two guys may have had a better, all three of you may have had better answers than me, but I, I guess I'm looking at the wide receivers because when he was on the field, Pukundakua was relied on a lot to be a playmaker for that team. Are they going to have that in the wide receiver unit? I know that they have some good wide receivers because we saw them this past year, but are they going to have that consistently uh, on a week-in and week-out basis? This player, blank, whoever he is, intrigued me the most during spring drills. So one player who intrigued you the most during spring drills. Ben, we'll start with you. Very easy answer. Eddie Eckert, the Dwight Weber State transfer, FCS or FCS All-American, coming in from Weber State following Jay Hill. I was... Really entertaining the practices I went and watched, watching him as an extra coach on the field. Not just a player. He didn't really have – it didn't seem like he had a lot to prove in the reps out there. But when he repped, he he, he went full speed. It was, it was a high level. But how many times I'd watch him come off the field, talk to Jay Hill about something, and then he would be Jay Hill's mouthpiece to the rest of the defense going, saying – Hey, this is what we got to do. I understand this defense. I know what coach wants out of us. Here's our marching orders. He was an extra coach on the field, and he's coming in with that experience, that success at Weber State, knowing this defense. He was he was an intriguing guy to watch this spring. Uh, I'm tired of going last, so I'm going to go second, and then we'll go Brandon, and then we'll go Junior. So I would say Jake Retzlaff. Uh, here's the reason why. The backup quarterback, as we hear all the time, is the most popular guy on campus. Um 
I, I think his story, though, is really unique, too. He started late because of some problems with his tonsils. He could be the backup quarterback, could get playing time this year, because I swear a BYU quarterback gets hurt every single year. Um, I, I'm just interested to see how he transforms from being a J.C., to a major college quarterback and see how he adjusts to the system and if he's actually going to be that backup quarterback. Brandon. Oh, those tonsils will get you. you got to watch out for those. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jacob Robinson. I, I think he's going to be intriguing, and, and I thought he did some really good things in the spring as well. Again, kind of similar vein to what Ben said about coming from a different school, uh, Utah State coming over from there. Uh, ben is, is dancing here in the studio. Something about going to Utah State <laughs> where Ben can celebrate anytime I think it's that wants. blue mint ice cream that, yes, that he likes so is. much. Yes, that's what it is. But I think Jacob Robinson is, is uh, very intriguing to me. All right, Junior. I would say Aiden Robinson. We didn't get to see him very much, but the entire running back room um, in seeing what they have at running back, uh, there's not a lot of production coming back. Obviously, Hinkley Rapati came on late in the year with that. So I'm, I am very intrigued by him. I know that everyone's really high on him. They like the way he runs. They like We didn't get to see him in, in spring too much because of injuries. But I'm, I'm very intrigued as to what he's going to bring and can he solidify a running game, especially in short-yarded situations, something BYU struggled with a ton last year, and they're going to need all throughout this season. All right, our next question is, I'm so comfortable with blank on this team. Now, this could be a position group. It could be a player. could be coaches. could be anything. Uh, I'm comfortable with blank on this team. Brandon, we'll start out with you. I'm comfortable with Jay Hill on on this coaching staff. I think Jay Hill is going to do a fantastic job, and he's going to be a, he's going to bring a, a breath of fresh air to this defense. And I think that is is what stands out to me. I'm I'm comfortable with the the linebackers on this team. I think Ben Bywater and Max Tooley coming back and and kind of anchoring this. I think they're going to have a lot of nickel, and so they'll have a lot of. A lot of times they'll have two linebackers on. You've got two of the best who have got that experience, and I'm I'm comfortable with the fact that they're not going to be rotating people as much as they did last year. Um, I'm very comfortable with the defense and the scheme. Ben, before we get to what you're comfortable with, BYU has a new linebacker who comes from Utah State. Correct. So you're, yes. You're happy about that too, then? Yes. Yeah. 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 Just just the greatest in a long line of Aggies coming down and helping the Cougars. <laughs> Started with Lavelle, people. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I'm 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 not arguing with you. Do, by the way, do you know what I'm I'm going to ask? Because I'm curious. How do you pronounce his last name? Give me a second. I actually had to ask this morning. I actually reached out to Scott Gerard, the play-by-play voice of the Aggies, and I'm still going to butcher it. He gave me the phonetic pronunciation. <laughs> okay. AJ Vongpuchan. Don't ask me to say it again. You get one time. All right, uh, Ben. What are you? Who or what are you most comfortable with? With this football team after spring, I am comfortable with how comfortable Keaton Slovis is, in, in in which carrying that out is the fact that he came in day one and was comfortable in that locker room as QB one, as the leader, and the team was comfortable with him. Now, will that comfort game one if he struggles change? Sure, but the nice thing about it is he's already established himself as a leader. And now he's got all summer long to be that leader in player-led practices. He'll be the one calling the wide receivers and say, hey, let's go throw. Calling the linemen, hey, let's work on some stuff. Hey, offense, let's do this. Hey, let's go seven-on-seven seven with the defense. He's, he's so comfortable right now with his role on this team 
that that makes me comfortable going into the summer with his leadership. By the way, I, I was very intrigued to see how he would handle the media and asking him all these questions. And Ben, I mean, you've been to practices more than probably any of us in here. He looks like he's a pro already. Now, granted, yes, he's a senior, yeah. but he just seems very comfortable. In, in Speaking of comfort, he seems comfortable in any situation he's in right now. Yeah, he, he's very comfortable with who he is. Uh, whether what, whether that, the role he's in, he's comfortable in, in coming in and taking over this offense. And, and, and frankly, that's that's something, that, something to be said about that. He, he's a minority at BYU, but he comes in day one acting like he's been here the whole time. And, and that comfort level was amazing. And I don't know how many players and coaches – Dude, Keaton Slovis is the man. He's comfortable. He's just he's one of the boys already. Like I heard that so many times this spring. It was amazing. The few practices I went to also, I it was fun to see him actually talk to Coach Hill after practice was over with. They'd just sit there and chat and well, cut you, got, it up you, and, you you schemed that one against me today, Coach. I, I heard that a couple of times. <laughs> All right. The 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 thing I'm most comfortable with, I'm gonna say something on defense. I'm gonna say the safeties. Um I, I think we could say a lot of different Safe positions. Pick. That very good. I'm going to do a safety dance in here. Anyway, uh, I I'll go with the safeties. I'll say Malik Moore, Micah Harper. Both those guys are are really good at their jobs, and I, if they stay healthy, if Malik Moore can get healthy again, and and they can both stay healthy, I think they'll, they'll be great. Coming up next, the biggest question marks on offense and defense, plus the BYU football game. These guys have circled on their calendars. Welcome back to Behind the Mic. Let's get back to our BYU Spring Football Producers Roundtable with Brandon Crow, Dave Phillips Jr., and Ben Bagley. My biggest question mark on offense is blank. Let's start with you, Jr. Quarterback. I think the quarterback room. I, I know Keaton Slovis, is, he's very confident, but when he goes down, where are you going? Are you going to Retzloff? Are you going to Finnegan? Um, where... Where do you go from there? Or if production isn't there? Uh, we saw in, in the spring scrimmage, I produced that, and it just it didn't look like it was clicking. Now, granted, he was missing a lot of firepower at the receiver at the time. But my biggest question mark is, is what is this offense going to be? Um, obviously, they don't have the mobility that they had with Jaron Hall. Um, so how is this offense going to change? What's the biggest question mark is how they're going to run this offense with who's behind center? All right, Ben. I think I've already mentioned that I'm buying all the stock on Keaton Slovis, so I'm not as <laughs> nervous about the quarterback position. Um, but my question is, is and, and I think you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, Cleon, who's the playmaker? Like who? Like last year, that was easy. It was Puka Nakua. You, you, if you needed a play, you go to Puka. When in doubt, throw it to Puka or hand it off to Puka or whatever, and Puka would, would usually deliver. Who's that guy this year? Like in the wide receivers, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, these guys are really good, and frankly, I have faith in a group of these guys, but who's the dog out there? When a play needs to be made, you know that's where the ball's going. I was going to choose wide receivers too, Ben, but, but since you did— I'm I didn't say wide receivers. I said playmaker. playmaker. No, that's a yeah, good point. So you, you can you, go you, wide receivers. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I would say wide receivers, but I, I could play off of that. I, I, I totally understand that. I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of interested about this offensive line. I just don't know what to make of it yet. Um, I think that's probably my biggest question mark, especially they've got another new transfer coming in. I'm wondering who the starters are going to be. Is this team going to be filled with a bunch of guys? Not filled, but are we going to see a lot of guys who didn't play for BYU last year or maybe even the year before? 
um, in that starting lineup. I just I, I kind of want to see how they perform before I say, yep, they're they're a great unit. So I that might be until the first game. All right, Brandon. Uh, for me, I'm a I'm a tight end guy. And I just feel like that that's been a, a position that has kind of faded over the last couple of years. And talking about playmakers and things, BYU was known, you know, for putting big playmaking tight ends into the into the league. And if you're going to try and replace a Pukunakua, you know, I feel like you have to be able to find a secure tight end to be able to help out those receivers, so that way the the defense doesn't solely focus on on them. Okay, that's the offense. Let's move to the defense. My biggest question mark on defense is blank. Ben, we'll start with you. The defensive line, the end. End of story. I think everybody Next Yeah, everybody <laughs> jump, jump in on me. And and, and and by and by the way, this isn't a reflection on the guys there. It's what they can do and how they're changing this defense. Jay Hill said from day one, we're gonna pressure, we're gonna pressure, we're gonna pressure. There's not gonna be drop eight all the time. They didn't say there's not ever gonna be drop eight. But they they want to put pressure. I'm less concerned about the defensive line pressure. I know everybody's like, what? Why don't I want my defensive lineman with the guys like Ben Bywater? I, I know AJ coming from Utah State's this type of linebacker. These are guys who operate well in space. But if they're fighting off blocks and stuff, not as successful. I need my defensive lineman to occupy blocks, keep my linebackers clean so they can make plays because that's where your, a lot of your pressure is going to come up to, from in this defense, I believe, is not up the middle, off the edge, or from your linebackers. So, D-lineman, my biggest question is, can you eat blocks and keep the linebackers clean? Uh, I was actually going to add on that and say just the interior defensive line. And I, I actually – that everything that Ben said, I – I agree with. I, I, I think they're they're the ones that I'm most concerned about. Uh, either of you two guys have anything else you want to add, or is is it pretty much the same thing? That's I what I was going to say. Yeah, I think it's pretty much. I think that's the biggest thing, and it's more of a scheme change of dedicating that and dedicating to attack. He talked about we're going to be aggressive. That doesn't mean we're gambling on every play, but that means – our goal is to get pressure on the quarterback. And like Ben said, that doesn't necessarily mean the defensive line is breaking through, but if they're eating up blocks, guys with speed like Max Tooley, Ben Bywater, AJ, Ace Kafusi. Wait, what's AJ's last there. name? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to be looking at it, and I could probably do it. Just, I think the biggest question mark is, can they get that pressure up front to let these really good safeties and DBs shine? And work. If they, I think, too many times there's too much time that they were able to get picked apart. So it's more of pressure than necessarily the D line. Can they get pressure on the quarterback? I think that's the biggest question mark. The new guy that excites me the most. Um, he was mentioned before. I'll start out with this. Uh, I'll say Aiden Robbins. Uh, the reason why is because I think he can take the pressure off Keaton Slovis. Um, when BYU has a good running attack, when they have a nice balanced attack, they are really hard to beat. So if he can be that guy, and I know a lot, some of that's going to be upon the offensive line, which is my question mark, but if he can be that guy and he can take that pressure off of him, then I would say he's the guy that I'm, uh, that he, he's the guy that will be the guy, that new guy that excites me the most. All right, Brandon. You know, I, we're, it's going to be kind of, you know, boring or whatever. Ben yawned at a couple of my answers already. He might yawn at this one too. But I, I'm going to go with Jake Retzlaff, man. I, I'm excited to see what he has to say I, and what he has to do. 
And, you know, we, we all know the quarterbacks get nicked up, and it's not a, a matter, you know, I'm not trying to put this in the universe, but, you know, say Keaton Slovis does get, get injured or something, I want to see what he, what he can do. And uh, he's got a great personality and how he's been able to embrace his role here at BYU so far. You know, his, his self-proclaimed nickname, it's, I think it's, it's, it's great. All right, Junior? Uh, I'm going to go Eddie Heckard. I'm I'm really excited. New defense coming in, and the biggest thing that you need is a leader back there, someone who's helping get guys where they need to be, and he can help get guys where they need to be. He can be Coach Hill's voice on the field. Um, they have gotten so much better in the defensive backfield. I think a, a huge credit. We're not talking about it enough because he's staying here, but Coach Guilford has done an absolutely amazing job of getting uh, defensive backs ready. So you've got that, guys with a lot of experience back there, but you've got Eddie Heckert who knows what's going on. He's been an All-American in FCS, but he knows the scheme, he knows the system, and he can help get people where they need to be. And that leader in the defensive backfield is going to be huge for BYU. All right, Ben. Uh, I was actually excited that you went Jake Ratzloff. I was actually thinking of a way to hey, sound really smart and go there, but you beat me to it. So I'm going to have to sound dumb a little bit. I'm going to go Aiden Robbins just because we haven't seen him yet, and so I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see Keaton Slovis. Two sneaky, sneaky answers here, though. Paul Miley at guard yeah, from the University of Utah. If he can do some damage on that line and Isaiah Bagna on the defensive end, uh, on the defensive side coming from Boise State, those two, I think – uh, a lineman who may have some impact on the on the season upcoming. The experienced player who will be on fire this season will be blank. Brandon, we'll start off with you. I'm going to pass. I still need time to think about this one. <laughs> can you do that in the match games? I don't. I don't know if you can passing. Speaking of passing, oh, we're going to go with we're going to go with Cody Epps. Okay. On this, I think he started to really show what he could do before he got hurt last year. And so we were talking about what they need. They need that alpha dog. They need that playmaker. And I think that's Cody Epps. He's got speed. He's got unbelievable hands. Great route runner. And even as a freshman last year, he was a leader. He's just so smart and such a great player and a great person. I think Cody Epps is going to come out and really make a name for himself and I think be a focal point on this offense. I think the uh, telling part of that or how excited he is is – he tweeted out not too long ago how he was going to serve a mission at uh, Lavelle oh, Edwards Stadium, and his mission starts September 2nd. So, yep, <laughs> fun tweet from him. All right, Ben. Uh, I'm going to go, speaking of passing, I'm going to go with uh, Kingsley Suamata'ia, who will be pass blocking. Wow, <laughs> that pronunciation. Look at yeah, that. <laughs> yes, hey, yes. Uh, the trained professional. Do not try this at home. No, I, I think Kingsley's really intriguing to me because I don't know – I. I I don't think I'm breaking news here. I don't think he's going to be here next year. He's got the NFL on his mind. He's looking to be a, a draft pick in the NFL. He's a five-star guy. BYU doesn't get those guys very often. He's already on the radar of draft boards for 2024. He's going to the Big 12. He's going to be looking to make a name for himself. So I look to see him cause a lot of havoc uh, protecting there the, the left tackle. I'm going to say Micah Harper. Um, the reason why is that I think he can thrive in Jay Hill's defense, whether he is going a, uh, up as a pass protector or actually being used 
as a blitzer or possibly even being that guy that helps out with run stopping. He's big enough that he can do that. I think he's fast enough to keep up with receivers too. So I'm going to say Micah Harper. <laughs> uh, after thinking about it, going along the same vein as, as Junior, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here with Keanu Hill. And I think uh, I think you know last year with with the experience that he was able to have and, and learning from a player like Puka Nakua, uh, I think he's going to be able to feel a lot more comfortable with Keaton Slovis, but uh, in the pocket, and I think he's going to have a breakout year. I, can I add one? Oh yeah, sure. Add of. a second one. Uh, Isaac Rex. I think the tight ends we had talked about. Sneaky, we, sneaky, we, sneaky. And he, obviously, as a freshman, he came on the scene and was massive when he when he worked with. Um, Zach Wilson. Jaron didn't see the middle as much. We, there wasn't as much action in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And I think Keaton Slovis is going to be able to see the field better, especially in the middle. And I think a, a guy that big with that great a hands, that great a target, we're going to see those tight ends back. And I think a veteran move, a veteran quarterback's best friend is a tight end in the middle. And so I think that Isaac Rex is going to have another breakout year because guys, speedsters on the like Cody Epps and Keanu Hill um, is going to leave a lot of room for Isaac Rex that people have kind of forgot about and hasn't been mentioned too much mm-hmm. in this talk. And I so I think Isaac Rex is someone who's going to come out on fire. All right, all right, bring back the tight end, baby. <laughs> <laughs> tight ends are on fire. <laughs> I was going to say, can we cut that? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm definitely leaving that in. The game against blank is the matchup that I've circled on my calendar. And it can't be one of the first two games of the season because we know we're, we're not going to do coach speak here where it's just like, well, the next game, that's the biggest game of the season. Uh, no, this is a game that you just can't wait to see BYU play this next season. Junior, we will start out with you. Uh, I'm going to go to an easy cop-out answer and say Cincinnati, the first Big 12 home game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. (laughs) Ben's yawning over here. But I think the atmosphere. uh, BYU has had a Big 12-type atmosphere at home. I think, I mean, every team that comes in here kind of realizes that. um, It's most likely going to be a night game, which BYU thrives at. Um, Their record is so much better at night. Can't understand why. But so I think that first home game in the stadium, you look at every one of the opponents on there, Texas is exciting, Oklahoma is exciting, um, but I think that first time in Lavelle Edwards Stadium with a Big 12 opponent in there is is going to be special and I think something that fans will remember. All right, Ben, uh, are you yawning anymore? You guys need to realize, you think I'm yawning at your answer, which I might be, uh, but BYU Sports Nation production starts kind of early in the morning, so <laughs> that it may not be your answers, but it might be. You guys can decide. Hey, uh, the, I, this is an easy answer for me, and, and I, I like to be a little contrarian at times, but this one, it's Oklahoma, second to last game, senior night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Oklahoma coming to town, what an amazing opportunity. What an amazing November game for BYU. Something that they haven't had in the independence area, and now they get it. That game could be for bowl eligibility. Put a little bit more drama on it. But regardless of what drama is there, you have a huge college football blue blood coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in November. Thank you, meaningful football in the month of November. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the two games that I had, you guys have already picked. I thought about Cincinnati just because first home game, Big 12. I liked Oklahoma because it's the last home game, senior night. What a, what a great way to end your season, hopefully, at home against those two teams. Don't take my pick. I, I'm not going to take your pick. I, I, I would probably – if I'll go with a road game. I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with a road contest. TCU. That's I said don't oh, take okay. my pick. <laughs> I'll take another road contest. I will say Oklahoma State. We'll, we'll go with Oklahoma State. It, 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 you know, it, it'd be fun to go to Pickens Stadium, see how BYU does in the last game of the season, see if there's something on the line, see if there's a way they can move up into a better bowl. So I'll go Oklahoma State. Sorry, I, I guess I ruined it, your pick. Sorry it, about it, that, It's Brandon. okay. It's okay. I, I For me, I, I go TCU, and uh, it's just rekindling that old Mountain West rivalry and then, of course, seeing what they were able to do last year. It's just, it's just I just think that's going to be a very fun rivalry to reignite going going forward into the Big 12 and being able to see what, what BYU can do uh, in Fort Worth. All right, last question for you guys. The story blank is the story that I can't wait to tell this fall. Blank is the story I can't wait to tell this fall. I mean, I could really throw a cop out in here and just say, I can't wait to tell the story of how this team fared in their first year in the Big 12. That sounds kind of lame. So I'm sure I'll come up with something different. But Ben, we'll start off with you. The story I can't wait to tell this fall is the trip of BYU football to the Big 12 championship game. Oh, boy. And it's yeah, I can't wait. That'd be a great story to tell. Blue goggles. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I I'm not convinced that that's the case. I'm not convinced that this is going to be a year that anybody's going to look back on and say, "Look, that was a great year." Other than the fact that I'm going to tell the story of the fact that this team, after wallowing through the wilderness of independence, finally are getting to play big boy football. And while you said it, Cleon, like th- this is the obvious story, but it is the story. You've got what you've been asking for for years. Now, the story that's going to be interesting is like you're going to take lumps through the year. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be attrition. There's going to be all this different different stuff that comes with playing a P5 schedule. The story I want to tell is the adjustments made along the way that, that will lead to the success of this year or the failure of this year and to see if this coaching staff and this university is ready to play big boy football. All right, Brandon. You know, I think the story that I, I'm excited to, to tell and to see unfold is the continued growth of Coach Kalani Sitake and what he's been able to do. If you think about, you know, all the changes and the things that have happened since he's been the head coach here, it's they're pretty monumental if you really think about it. And uh, I I think one of the other questions that we were going to talk about is, is what – you know, blank gives you confidence that BYU will compete in the Big 12. And I think, for me, Coach Kalani Satake is is that thing that gives me confidence that BYU will, will continue to compete. And uh, I think it's it's going to be a great story to see how BYU does this year and then how they use this experience this year to be able to get better in the, in the years to come. All right, Junior. Okay, mine is going to be coaching staff related, but the defensive coaching staff. The who Kalani went and got. I think internally you you kind of always talk about those coaches. Who would you want? Who would you want? Last year when we were having defensive struggles and everyone was asking, who do we get? Who do we get? The name that I think everyone one of us said, well, it'd be awesome, but I don't think we could get him, was Jay Hill. And I am excited to tell the story of the way that this defense changes and adapts to playing in the Big 12 and getting better. And being more aggressive and kind of going back to Kalani's roots where Kalani learned 
all the way back to Fred Winningham, who kind of put this in at BYU way back in the late 70s, early 80s. And this defensive to get putting this defense together and the way that they're changing and and getting Sione Puha and Kelly Papinga and retaining Gennaro Guilford. And I think the story of this defense going into one of the best offensive conferences in the country, that's the story I'm excited to to follow and, and to talk about this fall. I think the only other story that I can think of, and we've talked about him enough here, and that's Keaton Slovis, just because he's a one-year guy. And I, I think that's the story we want to see. We you know, has been talked about. He's very cool under pressure, it seems like, in practice. He's very uh, amenable to the media and to his teammates and everything like that. I want to see how this translates onto the football field. And I think he wants to see – I think he wants his college football career to end way differently than how he thought it might end when he was at Pittsburgh. And real quick, another storyline to talk about is the last three starting quarterbacks at BYU – might be drafted. When was the last time that that Ooh, happened? Probably since eighties. Yeah. So if Keaton Slovis can have the type of year that we think that he can, that'll be three straight quarterbacks drafted in the NFL. He came to BYU for that reason. Aaron Roderick. He felt Aaron Roderick's offense could make him a draftable asset in the NFL draft. So time to find out. A big thanks to those guys who work hard to bring you BYU sports on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Download and subscribe to Behind the Mic wherever you find podcasts or listen to all episodes on the BYU Radio app. Behind the Mic is a production of BYU Radio.